Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We gotta start the show. fans Mike Allred here host of the black and gold hockey podcast we are back for episode 219 brought to you by betonline.ag it is March 7th 2021 you can follow me at black and gold 277 on Twitter and my co-host Heather Ingus and you can follow her at Inga the big mouth Inga, uh, Heather what's up nothing what's up I, 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 fumbled, I fumbled the Heather and Inga and it's like oh that kind of tripped over myself Inga. but how are you Oh, it's I okay. I am Heather and I am Inga and I am Hinger and I've been Hingerson <laughs> before and Loggins. Um, I am awesome. It is Sunday. I was a little wonky this morning. Admittedly, I skipped bringing my kid to hockey practice this morning. Uh, he's like, I did skate three times this week. I'm like, all right, I'm convinced we're staying home. Um, <laughs> happy game day versus the Devils later on. Happy believe we believe in Nest Happy to be here. Happy to talk hockey. I uh, do want to mention real quick on our Patreon account, we have uh, hand-signed jerseys ready to go this month. This Terry O'Reilly jersey is going to a fantastic Patreon member that donated $1 per episode, and I will send that out. So we'll probably do that next week. But get involved. Help us out. We certainly appreciate it. Um, I'm on fire this one so far. So. Um, a couple of birthday shout outs. Um, let me get everything up here again. Birthday shout outs. I got the cake going on here. Uh, first is uh, to uh, Mrs. Blackie. This is Chris Blackie's wife. Uh, happy birthday to her. And also a happy birthday shout out to our boy uh, Nick from the Dump and Change Hockey Podcast. He is on the Black and Gold Productions uh, sports media company's uh, podcast network with his show that he does with Jared and the Nestor. And speaking of Nesty, happy birthday, Nick. Uh, you, you're the man and uh, believe in Nesty. Yes. 
Got to do it. Got to do it. So I'll tee that one up for, for future references when we talk about the games and so on. But Heather, we do have a big show. But before that, I do want to talk about show sponsor, betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag has the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag. Uh, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right. It's a meaty agenda this week, so stay with us. We're going to go all the way back. Time warp. Back to Sunday because the game started as we were finishing recording the Bruins beat the Rangers 4-1 to at Madison Square Garden. Uh, it was a good one. Craig McKegg made his debut. Awesomest Boston Bruins name ever. Yes? Yes. Um, what, what What did you think? What do you think about Craig McKegg? Did he come in? Was he impactful I in that game? hardly noticed him, honestly. Yeah. Um, uh, rotation uh, spot for him, I believe. He's been on the taxi squad. Uh, you know, there's some people that are close to the organization during even during these COVID times that see him uh, at practices snapping around uh, with a little bit of speed and, and, and some decent shots, as um, as Billy Jaffe uh, of the Morning Brew Hockey Podcast has mentioned several times. Um, so I don't know. I, he did bring a little bit of physicality. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. And, and more or less his, his insertion into the lineup was because of the, you know, it's a uh, it's a pretty beat up Boston Bruins team right now. With a little bit of injuries, so um, he gets an opportunity. So uh, good on him, but uh, it's something that obviously we're not going to see too often because he didn't make that much of an impact, in my opinion. Yeah, he's there for exactly these circumstances when we need to have a few people pop in to shake it up or fill in. Um, uh, To give him this due, Charlie Coyle scored. Your boy Trent Frederick scored. Charlie McAvoy scored. Charlie Coyle scored again during that game, so it was a very eventful game. Uh, we had everyone a little worried about Charlie Coyle, but he was looking much more like himself. Um, and, yeah, so lots a good amount of points to go around. Um, one thing I, I don't think that I had dotted down thing, but I, I wanted to ask you, that was the game where Richie and Lemieux started going at it at the buzzer. I just didn't know how you felt about that or, like, is it necessary at that point? I, I don't know. Like, I'm not – for or against that. I just didn't know if you had any thoughts on it. Obviously, there's been some things going on with Brendan Lemieux with this team throughout the season so far. So, Well, I'm, I'll tell you, it's going to set the tone for the uh, a matchup this week we'll talk about later. That's for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is another team that, and we'll, we'll talk about Washington too, that's probably going to come at you heavy and hard with, with their certain in, their individual players and try to knock you off your game. So I believe it's imperative that the Boston Bruins be prepared for that type of game. And I think they've brought it so far this year. I think that the, the narrative of this team needs to get tougher and needs to be this and the, and the dirty areas, 
you're not going to uh, defend well against the St. Louis Blues types of teams and the Tampa Bay Lightnings and so on. You know that narrative that's been out there for freaking years now. I, I think that that's being addressed this season. I think that it's showing strong Boston Bruins type hockey. And I think, um, you know, this is it's good to see when you hold in a first place. Well, I'm not not first place, but no, you're, yeah. you're up. You're up the top of the, uh, you know, the eastern echelon. So. Um, yeah, I, I think it's the Bruins' heavy game is 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 being responsive too. So love it. No, I think that they have addressed a little of that. Like, not they haven't been as gritty as normally you traditionally think Boston teams would have been, and that is partly what's like. It's not. It hasn't necessarily always just been the size or whatever of the players doing it. It's just kind of getting. But we've talked about this, I guess, um, transitioning from this bad, bad Bruins in this era of hockey to what that means in this era in the quicker, faster. So that despite some of the, you know, the struggles and holes we may have going on with the lineup through injury and anything else that they definitely, I think, have stepped up. They've had game in the games that they haven't. Uh, been more physical you know I'm not saying again it has to always be fighting I just brought that up because you don't always see a fight right at the end Lemieux got a game misconduct though too for that so um, but maybe this is the answer now like they're figuring out how to be still be kind of bruisers but like live in this quick fast paced quick feet move in directions world and doing it internally we don't have to go out and get this special ryan reeves type of player we don't have to go out and get this tom wilson uh douche canoe uh like him you know it's we're doing it by committee and that i think that uh speaks volumes to this team and and how we're going to move forward in this condensed 56 game season and 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 be stronger to those naysayers um you know when it when it comes playoff time well, I think they have to prove it to themselves. I think they absolutely know partly why they didn't win game seven is even physicality wise, St. Louis responded to taking control of that game and kept it. And we did not respond correctly to change momentum, whatever. So th that's the kind of improvements that with a little more physicality working, it's not for me, it's not even about going inside or outside. It's just generally, you know, just like we talk about Krejci's right wing. We've talked about this, like getting better five on five, playing better defensively as an all around team, responding when people are, you know, hitting like last year, we did not respond when uh, the lightning were just hitting us everywhere, pounding right. us all over the ice. And you showed it. We were a team that already decided we were going to lose to Tampa Bay and we did kind of thing, you know, it was so many, how they went out there, but there was so many folks that in that series, it was almost that they had um, visions of, um, of uh, Brad Marchand giving it to um, uh, one of the Sindine twins in Vancouver, just like punching them in the face. It's just a, a, you know, one of these, constantly and and just taking it but this team has respond very well i'm really 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 surprised with what i'm seeing right now um and i mean i'm not surprised because the boston Bruins have been a competitive team for for countless years now but it's it's how they're doing it and without addressing needs to go outside the organization is is probably the most um you know important thing for me yeah, and we still got about five weeks. Uh, the trade deadlines, uh, want to say April 12th. Uh, so, you know, that'll remain to be seen, you know, as for, again, not betting the bank, but going out if we do maybe need a little bit more to get, get through the rest of this season to figure it out. Um, but sometimes I'd like them to be a little more consistent, you know, like we talked about that, like they have an awesome game and then they have a couple days and then it's like, who are you again? You know, so, but generally, yeah, I definitely think, and 
like I said, I, I don't know if you need to fight at the end of the game, but at the same time, like if Brendan Lemieux needed to get punched in the face or tried to punch Richie in the face, I'm certainly not mad if he punches back. You know what I mean? You should, you know. Yeah. And they have been high emotion games versus the Rangers and versus the Capitals that we will get to. Uh, but we took a 3-1 series lead over the Rangers with that so far in the uh, – so we're halfway through playing the Rangers at least – for the regular season play this year, we could see them seven more times in the playoffs. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's one of these original six teams that I get up for. Um, I'm a, you know, I, I used to love the Rangers back in the day, you know, that 94, that mm-hmm. was an amazing year. So I was um, with you when I, when we saw. Yeah. Unbelievable. Mike Richter and so on. All, the, the, that was, Mike yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And Eddie old Chuck and so on. It was great to see back in the day, but big fan of that matchup. Yeah, that was a good series back in the day, back in the day. But that was the Rangers. That was so long ago. Let's get to some things at hand, though. But we did lose Charlie Coyle a little bit. Kind of scary situation this week. He had to go into uh, protocol because he tested positive for COVID, which he later reported and was reported that he actually it was a false negative. But you still have to wait so long and test negative so many times before you're allowed to rejoin the team which he since has uh but was that scary i was a little scared like i i mean i don't know exactly how this how this all happened but it just it gravitated around to his birthday and you know and that just made everybody think that he might have been in in a group that was too large or something like that but I, i i'm not gonna jump on that bandwagon at all but um you know the later uh, news and evidence comes out that it was a false negative. So uh, it is what it is on this, but there are protocols. The league is very tight on what has to be done and how long you have to stay away from each other and, and blah, blah, blah. But um, you know, I'm glad that he's okay. Didn't miss much time and uh, back in the lineup. Yeah. I was more nervous. Like, cause the Bruins seem to have done, I mean, there are some teams that seem to have been a hot mess with the whole situation. Maybe yeah. not on purpose. I'm not saying even, I mean, it can happen even if you are trying to follow all the protocols, not like people, you know, I don't mean to, I'm not blaming teams and players necessarily, but we have done a good job. I think of maybe it was a little sloppy with the return to play last year, like everybody else. But this year I feel like they have really been stringent on these players too. We're not joking. You come to work, you go home. You, if it's we've decided everyone can have dinner that we'll all have dinner you know but you're yeah. not you know absolutely as much as possible please don't hang out with your family and friends or whatever so um i'm glad he's healthy and i'm also glad that it's not being unleashed in our locker room this there's serious implications if you don't follow protocol like yeah. there's big fines and so on and and um i'm not sure if they go to the extent of um forfeiting games because of it but you know, this, uh, this is not a joke, you know, and like you said, you come to work. It's just like everybody else's job. You show up, you do your job, you do the best of your ability and you go home. Uh, it's basically a lockdown. If we were back in uh, March when uh, of 2020, when all this shit started happening, it's well, just, they- you know, do the right thing and support one another and we'll get past this. And I think that that's what they have to do too, but it's good that the league is back in doing this and trying to create a little bit of normalcy for us folks that are trapped inside these, these houses that don't want to go outside until everything gets back to a hundred percent. Well, the league's not messing around because the 
couple of the Russian players on the Capitals got like, I don't know if yep. they actually got suspended, but they certainly got fined and weren't allowed to, they had to quarantine for X amount of games. They weren't allowed to show up. Like, so I don't know what the actual rules are like suspending this and that, but, and that was like players on the same team hanging out, like not with outsiders. So they're being very, very serious about it. And uh, I mean, I guess maybe teams just don't want to get the fine. You know what I mean? Okay, please yeah. find the individual player, but we can't afford to pay $500,000 because they decided to play cards because they're bored. And I do think it's it's got to be hard, especially like last year they did. You could at least socialize with your team. Now they're like, you're in a different city. Now you guys can't even like talk to your friends. They're like knocking on walls and stuff, talking, you know, like <laughs> Morse code. Yeah, Morse like, code, putting the cup against yeah, the uh, the yeah. wall and try to hear I'm what's like, going on. That that when they're on the road and literally quarantined in the same hotel floor does seem a little because these guys do like spit. I mean, they don't share water, but you know, like they're they are a close contact sport. But at the same time, gotta follow the rules, man. We're trying to get this damn season done. Everyone stay healthy, safe, man. Next year, vaccines, fans in the stands, 82 <laughs> games. Yay. All right. Even by next year, people are going to be like, oh, my God, I love the All-Star game. I haven't even seen it. In two oh, I, know. I love the bye week. I can't wait for that again. Oh, my God. I love the bye week. That's the best thing ever. Like I said, I don't understand why you wouldn't just there make a bye week during the two weeks for the hall, like major do holiday. one by week. Why not do two? <laughs> well, what I mean is if you just shut it and then in the middle of it, you do the all-star game and winter classic, yeah. then everyone can be with their families for like, exactly. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, to sorry I'm totally on top of that. Get to, you might miss Hanukkah actually, but you still get two weeks, you know, instead of every team getting a week off, how about if everybody's team, then you don't create these situations where one team had a whole week off. They're fresh. The other team had four games in seven days. That's just silly the way they do that. But anyone stay healthy. It's going to be different. All right. We're moving on Wednesday, March 3rd. We played the Washington Capitals. We lost in a, what I like to call for the Bruins, a shit out of luck game. It was shootout loss. Uh, they didn't look bad. I thought they looked a little sloppy at times, but overall I thought it was a pretty solid game. Like it was a good game all around the way you'd think like a Washington Boston game would be. Um, Maybe some turnovers that I could have lived without here and there. But um, any b before we get into kind of the nitty gritty of that, uh, any thoughts on the actual game? There were some other things like Charis first. It was typical Washington Boston game. Um, low scoring, hard hitting. Neither team wanted to make a mistake or expose themselves, um, but obviously that got exposed later on in the game. Um, but it was just like a typical matchup and. It was, it was really gritty, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just it's absolutely crazy how these two teams have really built up a lot of animosity, and that's not it's not just about this new division when they're going to see each other so many times. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that this could possibly go on for a, a long time with this uh, this hatred, especially with a certain uh, uh, ass and that's involved. We'll talk about it later, but um, yeah, it's it. it but it, it's unfortunate. I mean, you still get a point out of the deal. You go to a shootout. You know, it is what it is. But um, the turnovers were were just you can't do that. Uh, I'll talk about I'll talk about somebody later on in my duds and studs for the week. But um, yeah, the turnovers got to stop. Uh, it's got to be something you got to work on because you can't you can't ex just expect to uh, free wheel the puck in the zone and then just freaking give it right up and. Um, because that'll cost you games, and in games when you have to earn points in every one of them, 
you just can't be giving the puck up like that. I was a little disappointed. Yeah. Uh, Tukarask got the loss on that one. Still, what can you do? It was a tight game, 2-1. Yeah. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't horrible. There were still some things that I was like, you know, just because of the um, last couple weeks, you get a little worrisome when you see some things happening. But overall, I think a good effort. Um, that being said, it was also Zidane Chara's first time coming back to the Garden. And it's not just to talk about the Chara thing, but it's always a big deal when a longtime player returns to their form. We do it. I mean, Milan Lucic could show up with the whatever, and we'd still be like, Luch. Like, it's just what you do when you really love to play, even if they're not your player anymore. Um, nice little video. Um, sure, they'll do something once the fans are there, obviously. But um, Chara looked a little emotional. Nice stick taps for both teams, making some noise for Chara in the empty yeah, it was it was tough to to see um, with nobody there, you know, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of fans on Twitter saying this is bullshit that, you know, fans should be in the stands and blah, blah, blah. But it is what it is when it comes down to a COVID-19 pandemic. You just can't uh, bend the rules for a, a certain event. But I'm sure that the uh, the league and the team um, are, are going to get together when there's normalcy next season, possibly do something while uh, full capacity, hopefully, uh, or even at 12 percent that that. Yeah. Um, we're hearing is coming up. So, um, but yeah, no, it was good on them. And it was really good to see the response on the Boston Bruins bench. You know, he's been a part of that team for 14 years, captain for all 14 and um, uh, an inspirational leader. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the uh, catalysts to the 2011 Stanley cup and, and the, and the build towards that. So much respect, much respect, but uh, sooner or later, hopefully he gets the, his time and, um, who knows? It might not even be next year. This might be it for him, but, um, you know, he gets something uh, to honor him while everybody can be there. That If he retires this season, I feel like the next time he's there is going to be they're going to put his rafter up. You know what I mean? Like he'll yeah. go and they'll do like the big thing with all the fans and all the hoopla and all the like, because you're right. Like I, whether people liked or not, whatever, whatever you could discuss on and on and on about Chara and thing, but 14 years, our captain, he was, I, I believe he was the building block to, he's the guy that came back and rechanged the culture back into winning Boston Bruins, big, bad, but like you, yeah, you can, you know, all right. So Chia Pet did things and Neely did his part, but it was Chara walking in saying, I'm going to be captain. This is the way we're going to do it. And you got, you know, pieces started coming in and they, worked it out but he really was the person like when we say the Bruins culture he's the guy that created this culture that Bergie's yep. carrying on and someone after him will um just like all the greats so I that's what I thought it was just it was nice uh, it did really it was hard to see that happening without anybody there after all those years of service and it's no one's fault but I uh, they needed something to put on TV though because even if people don't want to make a big deal all the hockey world was interested to see Chara back in the garden in a Washington. Exactly. It felt much more real seeing him on the garden bench in the Washington Capitals jersey than it did with him and Washington. That, I don't. I know. thought it was, was awkward that. when he stood up and just started waving like to the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, what do you do? Like, yeah. He's like, yeah. you know, because this guy, I think though, I think part of the reason why maybe he was getting choked up is probably in his head though. Like he can remember coming back after his jaw broke and just the noise, like that's how much people love this dude and how much he meant. So next time, hopefully at least like you said, 12% capacity, because maybe on the 22nd they'll (laughs) do again. Let's just keep every home game. We're going to show this Chara video, whether we're playing the capitals or not, people live it. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So, uh, there are lots of stuff on Wednesday, but also David Krejci and Matt Grizzlick were back. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah. It's nice to have them back. I don't care what anybody else says. I love Krejci and I love Matt Greslick and I do think they make us better when they're on the ice. They have struggles like everyone else, but. Yeah, and, and their addition, well, obviously, uh, David Krejci's addition to the forward core um, uh, decreases the ability of uh, another um, addition of Greg McKegg. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's good news, in my opinion. Uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. You know, I'm not taking a shot at the guy, but. Uh, no, no, what I, I'm saying is that Chris Blackie's thinking you better goddamn believe Pat, like you're getting Krejci back in there, just yeah. like when you get, get rid of some of these guys. Greg McKegg. Thanks for the day, but Jesus Christ. David, David Krejci's Krejci. still looking for his first goal of the season, so it should be uh, – I'm actually going to uh, – hopefully Bet Online has the the uh, player props because I'm going to take that today to score against the the, uh, the Devils. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got 11 assists on the, on the, on the season. He's still do, doing what he does, you know. He's just David Krejci, and I don't think he's going to be anything um, – other than what he does on the ice right now. He's not going to be a, that prolific. Uh, I said that really bad. He's not going to be a very you know big goal scorer and so on, Like, but he's a more supportive member that comes in layers as a centerman and kind of slows the play down, and he's, he's got an effective shot. So still a decent player in my eyes. He can still pass that puck like it's nobody's oh, yeah. business. It's just he's had struggles on getting people to take what he does. You know, some of that, I think, with Krejci. And Matt Grizz, like, I'm sorry. I know I understand some people don't necessarily like Grizz is kind of one of their dispendable guys. But he's really not for me unless it's for something that's better. And he – this goes back to what we said at the beginning. We have three people who are the triangle backbone of the new defense on this team. And – They've been representing fine through their youth, and now he's a grizzled vet. Ha, 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 pun intended. Okay, uh-huh. so, um, yeah, no, so what's up? Matty Grizzly, happy to have him back on the back end a little right now. Sure, sure. He's he's a little bulldog. You know, he's uh, you know, he's going to get the uh, the smaller player narrative all the time, and, you know, he's going to be compared to Tory Krug in most occasions. But I, I like Matt and what he's done here so far and what he continues to do. Let's just see if he can stay healthy. I know this season he's gone through a bit of uh, issues, lower body. It's because he, he plays that heavy, grindy style of uh, defense for a fast, mobile de- defenseman. So um, I, I, I think it's going to be all right. Uh, where he plays is different. We'll talk about it later, but he's been uh, one of those types of players that could be shuffled around in several situations on the defensive uh, top three. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to have him back. And, uh, you know, this, uh, this, this Boston Bruins defense this year has certainly been more mobile, and he's just a, a benefiting factor of it. Um, yes. Uh, and I would like to point out, he's actually a terrier, not a bulldog. Ha ha ha. <laughs> just, just saying, dare you accuse him of being a yelled bulldog? Jeez. Oh, I saw that coming the whole time. Uh, yeah, you, I was you like, knew oh, I was you're like a book. Like, you you're like not. a little sister I never had. And I just <laughs> can read you. <laughs> All right. Well, that being said, Wednesday night, we actually got to see Jared Tenorti. Welcome to Boston. What are we thinking about him so far? Two games, not a lot to judge on. I'm not good, bad, or ugly. Just, you know, first couple looks. Not bad. Um, there was there was some more than others. Uh, I think he's still the type of veteran that um, it needs to adjust. You know, he's not uh, at that age, per se. I'm, I've never been a pro, so I really don't know how transition works in a league like this. But to me... 
his age and so on. It's, it's going to take a little bit to learn this type of Bruce Cassidy, Kevin Dean system when it comes to uh, team defense. Um, he looked uh, decent at coverage at some points, but uh, not so good in other ones. So I think that's just a work in progress. I think he might get a little better uh, with more trust from these guys, uh, the, the coaching staff, I'm saying. Um, but, you know, his his uh, his toughness and his grinding avail- uh, ability is um is is also you know much, kind of needed on the on this Bruins team um and but you know with Kevin Miller's situation who knows we'll talk about that later in the Ask BNG because I know somebody uh, one of our favorites asked about it so we'll save that one for her but uh, you know we don't know what's going to be happening with with him so. Uh, this might have been like an insurance policy for that type of of heavy game that Kevin brings on the ice on a well what he did this year so far, which has been phenomenal. But when when he's got into the uh, into action, I like it because the defense, like we talked about, it's not when again I'm not saying and I don't think you do it. I'm not doing it as a judgment call, being on people's asses. But we've talked about that the defense could use a little more de- like we knew there was going to be depth problems on the defense. And now we see what happens when we really do have to draw from the depth. So what I like about him is that yes, he's not like a superstar back end star, right? But he is tough and gritty. He seems pretty solid. You know, like you said, you see a little things, but he also, that's the first game he's played. Like he didn't even probably get to practice because he probably had to quarantine or whatever after he flew in. You know what I mean? Oh, sorry. I think, but a nice I little streak going a, there. He's a good hey, I made it 28 <laughs> minutes, okay? Um I do think though that he's good for helping shore up the back a little bit in that he gives us at least another at least medium level defenseman that does his job well, you know, not your superstar, but certainly not I'm turning the puck over all the time, this and that. I yep. think Friday was more of his welcome to Boston game than Wednesday because Friday you couldn't really I mean, he was one of the people you couldn't get. Besides your boy Trent Frederick, you know, nobody was getting more Boston Bruiny on anybody than this dude, you know. So, uh, but anyways, welcome to Boston, Jared. Nice to have you around. Who knows where you'll land, how long you'll be or do. But for now, thank you for showing up to help us a little bit because defense is not having troubles beyond their own. Our defensemen are going down like a ton of bricks and yeah, yeah, nobody absolutely. else has played enough to fill it in. So uh, I'm sorry, I lost where I was for a second. Oh, I guess we're going to handle this real quick before I do blue shoe. Okay. Because I think that I'm sure you've been um, thinking about this all week. So just as the Freddie dad, I'm going to ha- do this first. So Alex Ovechkin was fined $5,000 from player safety for spearing Trent Frederick in the sensitive spots groin area on Wednesday's game. There wasn't, was it, there wasn't a penalty. Was there? No, uh, no, I don't believe no there penalty. was. So this is the first of two times, no penalty slash player safety issues for the Washington Capitals this week. We'll get to the biggie after, but this is a big deal. Like, uh, and again, anybody wants to say Bruins fans, Oh, if it's them now, no, because when Brad Marchand did this shit, I called him on it too. I don't yeah. think anybody should be spearing anybody in the nuts. And I don't even have nuts. It's just a respect thing. You don't hit people in their private areas unless you are literally protecting yourself. And that was not a protectable uh, situation. Yeah, that is not good. On one hand, I understand that it was a little bit of Ovi, the old grizzle veteran, and he's Ovi being like, 
pushing me a little douche bam like you know <laughs> still Ovi you you know better than that like Ovechkin might get away with some things but I wouldn't say he generally unlike another superstar who got away with murder his whole career because god forbid we touch said the kid you know whatever yeah. he, you know. so Ovi had some choices there he could have pushed him back or even just Pushed him with the, he didn't. That was a bad no-no. Right. Ovechkin was probably thinking, I'll take the five grand kid, get off my ass. So what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, that was kind of cheesy, man. You know, he didn't want to drop the gloves earlier or or even later, whenever that happened. I totally forget, but I don't know. Ovechkin's just that type. He's that type of um, superstar in this league that can just punish you with his goal scoring ability point production but also uh he's that he has that ability to get under your skin and try to get calls against you and you know uh you don't want to be messing with uh with freddie sweet sauce man that guy is just all about nhl and he doesn't care if you're a superstar or 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 an enforcer in this league he'll he'll let you know and try to get under your skin so it's a two-way um street when it comes to this uh this this sport and how it's played, how it's policed, and blah blah blah. So, I'm uh, I'm upset that you know a player has to go to that extent, but yeah. it's also hockey and it's dirty. So it gets a little dirty sometimes. Yeah. it does. Um, I'm sorry that you just said you know thing whatever. Not to say Tory Krug, but did you see someone had put like a split screen of like Tory Krug's flow and Trent Frederick's flow, and they kind of <laughs> do look alike. Like I'm like, oh yeah. shit. <laughs> he might be in there. Okay, well, we're going to take mean a you second. like Frederick now? I don't know. I might be warming. I might be warming on Frederick a little okay. bit. A I little knew it was going to happen. I Maybe. Just, you know, let it, let it stew. Let it stew. Don't no, get you on know why, Don't though, terrorize her. No, no, Check it's not. Around. You know, you know I, I like when people are physical, but I what was making me warm to him is that he's not just playing that role. I was concerned last year when you said he was taking on that role. Like, I don't – great, I want you to do that, but I – like you keep saying he has great offense and I want to see him show that too, which he has. So like, that's, what's also making me warm because he yeah. is starting to show me more of being a complete player. You know what I mean? And using this opportunity to figure out how to master the, his skills necessary to, you know, stay up here in the NHL. So that being said, okay. So anyways, we talk about uh, hockey. Mark doesn't need blue chew when he's thinking about turn Frederick, that's for sure. But um, we like to talk about blue chew because everybody loves great sex, okay? So sometimes, though, in your head, maybe, you're like, yes, I've got this. The one-on-one, -on -one, I'm totally going to finish with the victory, and you don't. That's okay, though. So say you have that situation in the real world. Let me tell you about Blue Chew. It's the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take it anytime, day or night, whether your stomach's full or not, so you're always ready to go for the winner. It's made in the USA, and it's prescribed by licensed physicians online, so you don't even have to go to the doctor or wait in line. It's cheap, even cheaper than the pharmacy, right? So they ship it to you in discreet packaging so it doesn't have to be awkward, no awkwardness, and you don't have to go stand in lines and you don't have to leave the house. But Blue Chew, if you go and check them out, bluechew.com, blue like the color, and use the promo code for our listeners, black and gold, all caps, you will receive your shipment for free. You just pay $5 shipping and handling. So you go to bluechew.com, blue like the color, enter black and gold, Black and gold, I know normally it's just the end, but black and gold, all caps, 
free sh free order shipping five dollars you can't really get any more than that so the next time that you're going for that shot in bed your performance may be able to end with uh hitting it hard enough that you probably uh pop off the gatorade top all over the goaltender you know what i'm saying that's it back to you back to me sorry don't go into a big game short benched get your blue chew bluechew.com and don't forget that code black and gold all caps we Let's thank just blue say, chew girls like boys who can finish all around that's yeah. all i'm saying do something that's a typical just, hockey player i'm just saying it's a typical hockey fan exactly good job on the ad reads. We're, we're happy to have blue chew with us and we're happy for have another contract with them so that's awesome to have them aboard um, and great job on these ad reads. You crack me up every week and I love you. So it's it like, I, this week was much better. I'm sorry, Blue Chew. The last couple of weeks have been just last week. There's no excuse. I was a mess all around in life, but I promise you stick with us. They'll get better and different yeah. every week. We'll try to mix it up a little bit. I talked to my uh, my advertising agent, and uh, he's he's they're thoroughly impressed with with what we do, and even better that you're reading them. They don't have too many women out there that are doing it, which is awesome, and it's unique. So maybe that's how that's we roll. Maybe they need more women reading these ads. <laughs> Dang, some of us are more comfortable about talking about these things. All right. Well, that being said, now that I'm all blue chewed up, this is about to get me. Uh, steaming but so we played the capitals again on friday we the let's let's start with the good okay we're gonna start with the good we whooped their asses five to one yeah it was a big hurt it was a good game all around i thought there wasn't a lot of like just generally as a team you know i mean every player can always be analyzed but as a i was like oh here are my boys yeah nice to have you you showed back up you know full on you know they look better and they look a little thing Looked great to me on Friday in that situation, the big hurt. What say you generally? Let's talk about um, this game a little bit. Uh, we're going to address the actual game, scoring. Pen, you know, we'll talk about the other individualized things later, okay? Yes. So what do you think? Overall, our play, Bruins play, before we get mad, let's focus on the the positive. It was, it was a good game. I mean, um, again, it was – it started off – with um these teams just like locked in like they just they're feeling each other out waiting for uh a wound to be exposed and just pick at it pick at it until and but you know it wasn't it wasn't so much the whole game it was like that because obviously when we talk about we'll talk about it later uh the the bruins just took right over um but you know there was something happened with the uh the capitals that took the wind out of their sails and, and the Bruins found what their weaknesses and just completely exposed them. But it was good to see these um, uh, players, the Boston Bruins get um, the scoring going against a team like this, that is pretty decent when it comes to team defense and, and getting into uh, goal and position to, uh, to score. So uh, yeah, it was just another one of those freaking grindy freaking cap Bruins games that we're going to see more and more often, I believe, which is, uh, it's, it's good. It's good old hockey, but it's like, not only that, it's just like really nervous too, because if you make that sudden mistake, like a turnover, you know, somewhere on the ice and, and it comes back for a, a goal that, you know, that possibly could have, you know, won you the game or, you know, uh, you don't do that shit, but, um, 
Yeah, that's just my ass- assessment on it. Yeah, you're right. You got to be careful with the cap because they will, pardon the pun again, capitalize on you because they have a lot of weapons that can easily pound you. But I think they looked, regardless of some of the other things that may have been the motivating factor, I thought overall they looked stronger on Friday than on the Wednesday game. You know what I mean? And yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was all sorts of stuff going on. But again, we're going to stick with the positive parts of it now. Uh, we have split the series. We're four games in our eight-game series versus the Caps this season. Uh, we still have not seen the Buffalo Sabres. We're halfway through the season. I know. I just saw a tweet from Matt Kalman saying that um, the uh, Sunday reminder, NHL Bruins haven't played a single game against the Sabres yet. So add 16 points when you're looking at the standings. <laughs> um, yeah, so we split that. Um, lots of scoring. Uh, Marshawn scored twice. Bergeron scored. Your boy Trent Frederick scored. Nick Ritchie scored on a beautiful fucking pass from David fucking Krejci. It was very beautiful. I, you can agree to disagree, but I was like, oh, shit, that's crazy being crazy. Like, that's what he does. And thank you, Nick Ritchie, for finishing on that. And it did not, in fact, ruin me my weekend. So that being said, um, before, again, we get into the bad stuff, we're going to talk about, though, McAvoy and Grizzlick, right? They were the top pair. Um, that's how I kind of wanted at the beginning of the season. I haven't been mad at the pairings or anything like that. But do you think this is... What we should is is this settling into just by proxy what maybe it was gonna or should have been or could be? What's your ideas on this? I don't know. I mean, I think Bruce is is. I mean, we're we're talking about this as you know, it's additions by subtractions and so on. Like um, Grizzly is coming back in the lineup, and we we lost another one. So it's one of those I don't know types of things that. You want to put a certain player where he can excel the best, and and obviously Grizzly and and uh, McAvoy they work well together, very fast on the back end. Um, but uh, with another player like on that second pairing, I think that Grizzly would end up going back there anyway if everybody was healthy. So I think that um, I think McAvoy has worked really well with Lozon, but obviously he's out. So it's just, you know, it's, it's it's kind of a mismatch of lines right now. And, and well, let's see the best fit and what can be consistent. Um, but I have full faith in in, in the uh, the movement on the back end of where you need to put play. You know, the forwards, I have a real issue with where he puts certain forwards. The defense, I really don't have a, have much of a, uh, an issue there. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens. It's just we, once this team gets healthy, you'll see start – and get closer to the end of the season where the you know, playoffs are about to start. You'll start seeing these defensive lines start tighten, tightening up. I prefer them just because I like them together and I wanted them. You know what I mean? It's maybe it's a, a B. BU girl. Yeah, no, yeah, I knew. <laughs> but I also think, though, that when other teams look at our defense, that looks more like a top pairing to them than some of these other combos. And that alone sends a little bit of a message. But also if some of the statistics that I saw floating around on Twitter and stuff yesterday are true about their five on, like five on five statistic, you know, not theirs, but when they're on the ice as a team, some of those numbers look a little too sweet on that five on five to maybe pass up seeing how that rolls for a little bit, especially because Zaboral, you know, he was going up and down, him and Lozon would sometimes trade out, you know, but now obviously... Lozon's out, but um, I say let's give it a. Get, I mean, who are we playing? We got this week. We got the Devils. Meh. 
at the ranges a couple times. Yeah. Playing someone else that's slipping my mind right now. That because we're the not Islanders on Tuesday. Yeah, the Islanders. Okay. So you know what? Maybe try out Grizzly and McAvoy top pairing versus the Islanders. See how that works. Maybe well, that helps solve a little of our Islanders problem. Jesus, I, I'm just scrolling down the schedule. Now we're talking about defense and so on. This team's got to be ready because yeah. if you look at this, we're playing four games this week, four games next week, three games the week after that. And to end the month, uh, it's uh, two games against New Jersey. So it's it's a jam-packed month right here. Yeah, and I mean, it's interesting to see what will happen. I We're playing four games. Basically, we're playing four games in six games because we in six days because technically we play today. So it's really a week, but not really because that's a one o'clock matinee game on Saturday, the second set of that Rangers next week, which we'll get to. But yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Like, especially against some of these teams like we've seen, we know how we've been playing against the Rangers. We know what's been going on. Uh, I think we only played the Devils one time, but we'll get we'll get to that later. But uh, I would like why not versus the Islanders on Tuesday, right? They've given us we've had some struggles with them. Yeah, maybe they need to figure the them out too. Lead the way, so maybe that's figuring out because that's another thing figuring out, especially def- lines get more set. Defensive pairs sometimes can just logically you rotate them a little bit. I mean, obviously we have a lot of injuries right now on our back end, but you rotate them also depending on who you're playing. So if Grizzly and McAvoy might be a little of the solution versus the Islanders, great. When Lozon's healthy, if him and McAvoy on the top pair are steamrolling the Capitals, great, you know, but like that's kind of what you need to do. But I, I say like, why not let the young kids do it? You know, like, again, I mean, I know Grizz isn't a baby. He's like 26 or seven or whatever he is now, but still like, see what they can do. What's the worst that happens. We switch out the pairs again. You know, I mean, I, I didn't put defense as a topic. This there's too much to work out and everything's too raw on what's going on there. Uh, but that's definitely a conversation after we see these four games, maybe to talk about uh, looking for that. Yes. yes. Um, okay. Let's just get to it. First period. Tom Wilson purposely aimed towards his head, whatever you want to call it, boarding this and that. I mean, fans have been arguing about the logistics of the rules, this and that. Regardless, not a call on the play uh, to set it up. Do you have the clip to see what's going on? I don't. I did not get the clip. I have the clips okay. of what was uh, said afterwards in the press conferences uh, okay. on the bench and on, on the air. Um, but no, I forgot to get the clip of the actual hit. That's fine. So let's just set it up a little. Uh, Carlos along the boards, Verana's behind him. He's kind of going at it with him. He turns, you know, he's playing thing. He did indeed put his head down, but Brandon Carlo is six foot five plus without his skates. So it's not like a dip of the head changed his positioning that drastically. And Tom Wilson came from behind him and smashed whether it was legal hit intentional or not. Drill very, very blindsided into thing. I, I always, you know, I have especially since Marks of I just can't. And right. again, I call if I, if that was Charlie McAvoy who had thrown that on Verana, I would all day long want him in trouble too on it because although I don't know why that wasn't a boarding call on the ice at that moment, yeah, because. Is that, it- it was a chicken could, shit freaking thing to do, not call that on. You have four officials, two of them referees. There's enough eyes, like uh, a, a linesman can say, go over and say, hey, listen, you might want to take a look at this. This is not good. 
you know, and I just don't think it was it was done right on the ice. But we'll talk later about this whole thing and, and the uh, retribution of it. Yeah, I um, I've heard some of like the Boston sports guys, you know, not like, you know, like uh, Bob Beers and Jaffe and them saying how, you know, why wouldn't you? Ha- you can always call a major and make it a minor and undo it, but you can't do vice versa. But how in. And this is, I'm just kind of going off of things they said that kind of got my mind going. It's like, why is not every contact, like major contact back with the head, automatically a stop and review the play? Just Valid point. I mean, again, we're all, we're going to go off on how, I mean, we all hate player safety, most fan bases. But my, my one thing before you give some thoughts on the hit, which I absolutely think was a dirty hit, because if you look at it, Tom Wilson's 6'4", Brandon Carlo 6'5". So a dip of the chin, because he didn't change his positioning. He literally dropped his head down to play the puck. He could not see Tom Wilson. He was worried about Verana that he did know was aware was there. So so if Ver, Verana had hit him, oh, am I saying his name wrong? I feel yes. like I'm saying his name wrong. No, Why Verana, you got it right. I'm like, I feel like I'm saying it wrong, even though that's how it is. Um had he done something like that, at least Carlo, you could make the argument, was aware that he was on him and on top of him. You know, he did not know Tom Wilson was going to come from behind at an angle and could not see him because unless he turned into an owl, Wilson came from an angle where even with your head on the swivel, you weren't going to see that happening. And I'm a big proponent of and Charlie McAvoy had a hit earlier in the year that I called him on his shit too. part of being the person throwing the check is. And I'm all for a big check. I love it. The sound of it, like you rattle someone, but your responsibility, especially on a call that is a clear, should have been boarding then, right? That's what he ended up getting suspended for, right? That's what he got called in for. It is your responsibility to pull up. And then I saw some bullshit about how he was just trying to protect himself going. No, because if you were trying to protect you or Brandon Carlo, you would have been like this. You know, had he come in and like chest bumped him in, that to me would Not be like, like that. Right. Not to me, like that would have been like, oh shit, at least Tom Wilson, like he tried to stop himself and couldn't, you know, then you could get into the two big boys colliding. Okay. That is not what happened. He did just enough contact on his shoulder, it could be argued, because they're almost level. They're height wise. They're, he didn't come in at him sideways. You should have never had an upward motion. And then I saw something stupid like he couldn't, he slipped and it created a situation he couldn't stop. Bullshit. The hit you threw created a situation in which you never had a thing. And you know why I know it's not just me before I let you go off. I just want to let it off. I've been holding it in for two days now. You know how I know it's not just Bruins fans that are pissed off. There was not a call. It is not just Bruins fans that want him suspended. It is not just Bruins fans that think two years of being good. Doesn't not make you a repeat offender. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, doesn't undo your 17 Dewey's if you get another Dewey after not getting a Dewey for two years. Like, do you know, it just, it bothers me beyond all goddamn belief that there are people who at least like, who cares? Even if it wasn't Boston, all I'm saying is if that was Brad Marchand who had done that and he hasn't had an issue in two years, right. Who we've all, I don't know any Bruins fans that don't call Brad Marchand on his shit, licking fucking spit, like any of it. We're all like, quit your shit. Because we don't want you to. Because like Tom Wilson, you're too talented to be a douche like this. We need you not to be a douche. Yeah, so that's my rant. Uh, I don't know how you don't think that was a dirty hit. 
even people like I like heavy hockey too, but that was, was intent to injure, no intent to get the puck or anything like that. And then Verona can cross checks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna get to that. Um, yeah, it was a completely an egregious hit. It was it was a completely a um, gutless hit from um, from Tom Wilson, and this is traditional hitting style that he does. He that's the way he does it. I, I don't care if he, if he's making trying to make a big hit or not, but there is there is you got to let up on situations like that. If you if you're in a position that a player can't see you, you need to either just give him a tap and so on, and and or just let him know you're there and then give him a hit. But you don't freaking go up and you don't drive your upper body to a who a player that might be even or a little bit taller. Than, than you into the glass. So I just think that that was wrong. And and they got it right. I said that it'd probably be two because, um, you know, we, we, we know the NHL play of safety and how they can, you know, sometimes screw the Bruins once in a while. Um, and there's a kind of an outside joke that's going on right now that I won't get into, but I will, um, I will mention it offline to you, but, uh, um, but Hey, he got seven games. And yeah. I think it was absolutely, it was done. I, I just wish it was called on the ice. I really wish it was called on the ice. Um, and um, the boarding, I get it, but I still wanted it wanted to get uh, the headshot. So I might be wrong in all my assessment. I just don't think that, that that type of player needs to keep doing this. We're just going completely backwards if we can't police this guy and get him tuned in. And it doesn't have to, I, I, you know, to get a message through, why would you? Why would you go twenty some odd games with his last suspension, and only seven on this one? Um, is it the uh, eighteen months that he hasn't had his suspension per CBA that could be involved? Yeah, but you know what? It doesn't matter if it's in the time frame or not. Um, if he's been good or bad, and so on 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 these probationary times, it's still a hit that he continues to do, and still a hit that he continues to to uh, to hurt other players. So. Something's got to be done. I'm not going to go completely like I, it sucks that we lost Brandon Carlo. He's a very good player. He's, he's one of our, our, our stones on our freaking back end, you know, and, and, you know, he's just didn't deserve that. Uh, I, I, I hit in the boards. Yeah. Why not? You play, you're playing, you're playing the body. You're not going to, uh, to an intent and injure. Exactly. Had he been level, I would be agree that maybe, I mean, Brandon Carlo, luckily, at least he he spent the night in the hospital. He's been released. He was today, I think they said he's week to week, which is not a good sign. But how can you not expect that after seeing? Yep. Wilson yeah. got called in front of player safety. I think one of the big things, it's not technically on it. I mean, Marshawn called it, right? Called it right on Nesson. Called it bullshit. Yeah, well, I'll, let's listen to that one right now. Let me take this banner down. You know, you knew it was going to be a good game. You know, that was a bull. Uh, Brando had his head down in the corner and you know he took a liberty on a guy that was in a vulnerable spot so um, that's a that's a cheap shot there and um, you know we, we lost a great player and and uh, you know it is great to see him uh, skate off the ice by himself but um, you know he was obviously in a bad spot and, he, and he's hurting so that's a bad, that's a bad hit exactly and you know exactly. the thing too is Bergeron had words with Wilson a couple times the other day. And I mean, it's kind of whatever we're talking about everything going on, but 
and Wilson was like kind of laughing. And I heard someone bring up the fact that like Ovi was right there and didn't even make a move, just let Bergeron like, because it, which is telling that, you know, that he didn't feel he needed to defend his own player. And yep. that to me is one of the biggest things because I absolutely, I don't want anyone. It's not, if I had seen this happen during a Colorado, you know, whatever game, I would be like, what in the actual, which we have seen some hits like this this year. But this Or is like, that, or is that the body language from a leader on the other side of that, uh, on the other side of that Capitals team or some members of that Capitals team saying, Hey, that was kind of freaking dirty. Yeah. They didn't, you know? they were uncomfortable with that hit too. And respectfully understand why Bergeron or whoever might um have some words with him. But this goes back to overall before we go um to Nordy, you know, we get on to Tornorty's fight or whatever, but this goes to overall back to player safety. The same refs were on the ice both games. They've given out a suspension and a fine over plays that didn't get a call on the ice. I know. I know. That okay. is a problem, not just for it because I'm a Bruins fan. Again, I don't want any fan, any fans team to have to see a player take that, you know, or whatever. And if you review that and I saw that, okay, sometimes you take a bad hit, but I did not see it in the 105 times. And I do still not understand I mean, I do understand why player safety is still inconsistent. Like, how hard is it to make a rule that says any contact with the head is potentially suspendable? Right? Yeah. So that will weed out contact versus no contact. But if you're going to be so damn stringent on offsides, if your toe's on the ice, maybe you should be a little more stringent in figuring out the intent of someone's hit. Yeah. And figure out. And people, like, you don't really know their intent. You're not in there in their mind. Bullshit. Intent is what Tom Wilson did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Intent is when you did, I could, he couldn't stop. He couldn't fucking stop. Are you serious? Well, he didn't even make an attempt to stop. You know what I mean? No. Like it's, he didn't, had he tried to pull up, had there actually been like, I slid off, I'd be all on board for you're a fucking douche, but no, I don't think you need seven games. Let's, uh... I'm just happy. It's at least seven games to remind him of why he was a repeat offender before. So I think as a repeat offender, even though you, it's like you can't punish him as a repeat offender, but once you get called in for something like this, like in court, you can start kind of pulling up some of the other things. So I think this is his low end of, yes, they're right. In the real world, we should suspend you for 41 games like a Ralphie Torres. I am not calling Tom Williams a Ralphie Torres. I'm not even going that far. But that type of player. He's like a Sean Avery. You're too talented to be such a douche. Like, yeah. just stop that bullshit. You actually hurt your team more than – I mean, we scored three goals with Wilson in the box the other day. You know, like, I just – you're hurting your team when you do this shit. Let's hear what Bruce Cassidy has to say about what happened. Fast game. They play hard. We play hard. But, I mean, you could see it. He hit him clearly in the head. You know, Brandon's in a hot uh, – and an ambulance goes to the hospital, obviously, from that hit. Um, clearly looked like to me, got him right in the head. Uh, defenseless player, predatory hit from a player that's done that before. So I don't understand why there wasn't a penalty called on the ice. They huddled up, but I did not get an explanation why. Um, but uh, it's, you know, it's out of our hands after that. We've just got to play hockey and, um, you know, try to stick together as a team, play the right way. Um, sometimes when that 
stuff happens and there's no call and the, the players kind of settle it on the ice in, in their own way and we felt that we pushed back and did what we could do and won the hockey game and tried to let uh, that particular player know that that you know was unnecessary so I assume it'll get looked at by the National Hockey League uh, and they'll make their decision. And they did. So seven games and he gets a, uh, those seven games he's going to miss. I was really surprised about the dollar value, 300, over $300,000 is going to miss in salary. So uh, good on both aspects that he's going to be his predatory ass off the ice and he's going to be light in the wallet too. Yeah. Because that's really where it hurts. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, exactly. it really is. But at the same time, like you're a key piece to your team. Now your team is without you for seven games, all by a bad choice. But I'm still pissed. Like the Verona thing, that's bullshit. Even if you didn't yeah. call Wilson, you didn't call him for the clear cross check that every freaking person watching that game, even the Capitals fans would be like, oh yeah, well he cross checked him. I, mean, I know, I know it's a fast game and so on, but with Verona state being right there and, and basically seeing the, the, the hit from Wilson, like up close, mm -hmm. I, I I don't think that. And and the way that Brandon covered his head immediately mm -hmm. was enough for me to say I need to stop cross checking this guy in the freaking shoulder area downward to the head. Mm -hmm. I think that's you know it, where's your where's your mind, Verana? You know, no, come on. No one had a clearer view than Verana, and he pulled that shit. I'm yeah. almost more upset at him than Tom Wilson. Like Tom Wilson's being Tom Wilson, a douche, you know, like he doesn't always act like that, but when he does, he does. You know what I mean? Yeah. You almost pissed me off more because you had the clearest view of the fucking hit. And then you pulled that shit after you what? It doesn't matter opponent or not opponent. You saw someone get their head fucking clearly majorly concussed. Like I just, it just yeah. that bothered me almost even more. Like that shit, like set me off. Like if I wasn't already mad about that. It's time to listen to our friend um, Bruce Sullivan. He is at Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Follow him on the Facebook. Send him an email if you want any of your Boston Bruins hand side jerseys, pucks, autographs, and pretty much any Boston uh, sports. Uh, like the Patriots, the Red Sox, and the Celtics um, uh, hand sign stuff, all fully authenticated. And uh, it's just good stuff to have for your fan cave. So let's hear from Mr. Bruce. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. It's Hall of Famers week and we are showcasing photos, jerseys, and pucks from the greatest players of all time. First up, two-time cup champ and Hall of Famer Jerry Cheevers. Score a white style or black style jersey for just $89 delivered. Or the iconic 15 by 20 autograph special edition mask photo for just $99. How about Hall of Fame legend Brad Park? 11 by 14 autograph photo display for $59 or a 15 by 20 special edition for just $89 or take home the greatest of all time hockey god Bobby Orr 15 by 20 deluxe rookie special edition for just $189 hey by the time you hear this we will have completed our private signing 
with Bruins legendary Hall of Famer Phil Esposito. Stay tuned for your chance to score autographed pucks, photo displays, special editions, and jerseys signed by the man himself. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! Hey, Bruins fan. We just heard from the great Bruce Sullivan talking about some fantastic items that he has in possession at the uh, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He's got fantastic stuff that we all we buy frequently on the uh, Black and Gold Hockey Podcast for our Patreon listener giveaways. We got this month. It is March, so a good Irish boy, uh, Terry O'Reilly, will be giving away in the next four weeks. I'm thinking possibly in two weeks. So get on board. Sign up. Okay, so uh, we still were talking a little bit about the Friday game. Um, Peter Lavierlet, the Washington coach, uh, did not think there was anything wrong with the hit. Uh, and in addition, also said made one of those kind of, if you're going to have an issue with this hit, you should take all hitting out of hockey, which on one hand, I understand you have to defend your player. But on the other hand, I Lavierlet, there you go. You have it right there. So I guess we're still hopeful they meant to have uh, Tom Wilson for their game today. I mean, to me, it was a hockey hit. If this is a suspendable play, then all hitting is really going to probably have to be removed because he didn't take any strides. He didn't target the head. A player was up against the boards. He was upright and Tom hit him hard. I hope the player is okay. But for me, I think it was the correct on ice. It was correct on ice last night. This hit happens so many times through the course of a game where nobody hits somebody against, yeah, where somebody hits somebody against the boards. And so I think we're still hopeful that Tom will be available to us. With all due respect, Mr. Laviolette, that was not a normal course of play hit against the boards. It just wasn't in any way, shape, or form. Not even a hard hit against the boards. That was not a technically well executed hit against the, it just, so I disagree. I'm sorry, Peter Laviolette. Again, your pay grade is higher than mine for a reason. But again, if that was one of your players, you would say the total opposite. Yeah, what about I you? agree. I agree. He's just sticking up for his 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 team, his team, and his players on it. So um, yeah, I, I that was that was pretty bad. But uh, I I get the whole buddy buddy system, and blah blah blah. But you know, you could. The technology that these uh, NHL teams have right now with their their iPads and so on you could easily can scroll back into the uh, into the video feed uh, almost instantaneously and and check and see that and I'm sure I'm sure Mr. Laviolette saw that and just was uh, ooh uh, you know that that was a little little much but what he had to say to the public is obviously a different um, different thing so I I disagree. That being said, hopefully that is what he's saying as he, you know, as the coach, he has to kind of go through and privately may have some words with Wilson about, uh, if anything, we can't have your ass in the box over, you know what I mean? Like, cause he did go to the box a few times 
not specifically just for that play, but just, I mean, he was running people already before he hit Carlo in that first period. Uh, and that led to him actually getting into a couple scraps too later on. Uh, Tenorti uh, took him to task in the second period. That I think was his, okay, he looks like he might have a little Boston scrapper in him going on, uh, fought in the second period. And then your boy Trent Frederick earned himself the magical 17, five for fighting, two for instigating, and a 10-minute game misconduct. I don't like when people, you know, get assessed that much, but at the same time, uh, I'm not mad at uh, uh, Frederick either in the third four also um, because there had already been things heating up with him and Ovechkin and Wilson from the game on Wednesday. And this is what happens when the refs don't police as they should. And the players start taking over their own stuff, which I do think is also healthy for the game on some level. So uh, fights. Yes. The right thing when the, uh, this, I think, I guess this goes back to what Miss Maria said when she was on a couple weeks ago, like fighting correctly versus just fighting to be fighters, you know, and scrapping. What, what did you think about the team's general response, but particularly Tenorti and Frederick? It was good. I mean, at least it was uh, within the game and not, you know, waited until they see each other uh, again, which is not even in the month of March. So uh, the response needed to happen. I I mean, this you got to do something. And the way he stepped up was good. The way Bergeron went over and said something to him at the penalty box was good. Um, You know, just to this is what you got to do. I mean, and and you have to prove to the league and and this division, this new division that's going to come at you hard and heavy, that you're not going to be pushed around. You can still be one of the top teams in the NHL or in this division uh, alone, but you're not going to be, you know, manhandled uh, in any fashion. So uh, when you take liberties on on us, we're going to come back at you. And if you do it against a player that's high profiled and skilled, we'll come after one of yours. It's just one of those. It's an eye for an eye at this point. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and um, yeah, yeah, it's that's the way it's got to be moving forward. And if you show weakness like you might have had in the past in certain situations and game seven, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it's a, it's a viable uh, narrative, but moving forward, this is the way this team's got to be. You got to be more supportive. Uh, not only, um, you know, when you score scoring goals and so on, but it's the, uh, the policing of the, of certain in- incidents on the ice as well. Yeah, I'm all for players policing themselves a little, which I think is something that they've been kind of forced to do, too, with all the inconsistencies and rule changes regarding um, hits and whatever. I agree with you, like, but that goes back to what we were talking to before about they have been stepping up. But again, as long as they keep it in the right perimeters, I'm all for being tough. I'm all for not being stupid. Do you know what I mean? taking bad penalties, creating a situation where one of our people are going to get drilled because you're acting like, you know, a dirty little douche out there. Like you said, that's fine. You want to target our big name players, but like you said, tit for tat, that's what happens. You know, if you're going to go after OV, someone's going to go after Bergey. Like that's just what happens, you know? So as long as you keep it within those and, and if both teams keep it within those parameters, understanding, yeah, sometimes people are going to fight. It's okay to be hard hitting, but keep it clean. And I think that's what the overall theme is from Friday, right? Like you can be tough and you don't have to be dirty. And I, again, for anybody out there who may not be Bruins fans and I go, Oh, typical Bruins fans. No, I will call my team on this bullshit 
all day long and twice on Sunday for this kind of play. I don't. Like, you know, one of my favorite things about Marshawn is for a couple of years now, he realized, fuck, I can... I can get them in better ways, right? I can get them by scoring hundred points. You know, I can get them by feeding past to the puck, you know? Um, so that's that. Uh, I think that wraps up Friday's game. That was a lot. Well, Friday's one, game. More, one more thing I want to add to that is the way mm-hmm. they responded on the scoreboard too. Uh, this is something that normally, I mean, yes, uh, going after a player that took liberties on your own is is is, is a spark, but I don't think I've seen a response like this to a, a dirty hit like that uh, in in quite some time. Um, I thought that as soon as this happened, it was apparent that we're going to come at Washington and we're going to play you hard and heavy, just like you've been doing. You and you knocked out one of us. We're going to go after one of yours, but also in that uh, mind frame. You're also putting points on the board and 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 basically uh, sticking the knife in their back even further uh, to what they did. So, um, you know, it's that that's a good response too. is, is both ways. You kick their ass and then you just uh, flat out just out manhandle them on the score on the scoreboard. Yeah. They scored a couple goals while Wilson was in the box. That's what I thought was poetic. Yeah. Because that's not necessarily how we'd handle it in the past. Like you said, sometimes we shut down. Sometimes we get crazy and then we end up in the box a million times over, you know. Yep. And if we had gone there, Washington as a team is the type of team that will exploit the shit out of that. They'll draw penalties all day long. Like, you know, yep. that's that's part of what makes them them, you know. So I think we've said enough about Friday. Anything else you can think about Friday? Pretty much fights, good team efforts, great good. scoring chances. Moving on, great. Uh, so we're going to do the inserted. Uh, we have one that we added into the agenda. Yeah, because I forgot about uh, adding this until obviously the last minute. But uh, on on Wednesday's game, it was a nationally televised game between the Boston Bruins and the Washington Capitals. And during the intermission, the Bob Father, the uh, my one of my favorite insiders, obviously taking a um, a lower role in the uh, insider business of hockey, uh, mentioned that there's a rumor, a strong rumor out there that the Boston Bruins are interested in bringing both goaltenders Yaroslav Halak and Tuka Rask back for uh, extensions. Um, and he, and you know, this is this is a clear indication that they. The, the organization still believes in these two as one of the best tandems in the league the past uh, couple of years, especially when uh, Yarrow joined the team, I believe, in, uh, before the 2018-19 campaign. Um, but they've been up up high ranked when it comes to uh, both teams' uh, statistics um, in goals against and, and, and goals against average, obviously. Um, but... This also touches on where they're at currently uh, with their prospects down in Providence. Now, there's a there's a lot of people that are, uh, are reading into the stats when they look at AHL.com um, and and looking at Jeremy Swayman and uh, Dan Vladar's uh, numbers, and they see something special. Uh, but and then a lot of them are saying, well, why don't why don't you bring these guys up and let those two aging veterans walk away that's that's probably not the best move that this boston bruins organization to do uh, let's not rush these goaltenders obviously i know vladar has been around since 2015 
and uh, swam in the 18 draft, I believe, or 17. Uh, but it, they still need a little more time. And especially with uh, uh, Jeremy Swayman, I just think that this is a 26-game season that they're playing against th- two other teams in the division. This isn't even a traditional freaking um, regular season where the uh, Providence would see 76 games. That's when you really want to judge on what you have. In the long term, the grind of traveling in the AHL buses and all that stuff and playing teams 10, 11, 12 times a year – that's what you really want to see in a, in a complete uh, evaluation. So this is just a, uh, too short of a uh, sample this year to really get me, or I believe the Boston Bruins organization involved in getting these two young guys immediately in the NHL. I think that they, they still need some time to develop, but also, you know, um, the confidence that this organization has with Halak and Rask, uh, makes me believe that if they can't do anything this year, which we we both hope they the Stanley Cup champions. That's that's the ultimate goal at the end of every year is you want to win a cup. But I think the organization believes that if it doesn't happen this year, we might need these two um, to uh, come again and help us out and extend them to a year or two more years to uh, help better um, develop our prospects down in Providence and get those guys, the next air tandem of the, uh, of the NHL involved. So um, I think it's good. I, I, I don't want to see anything below. I, for me, I would, I would probably go a two year deal with two Garask at $4 million a year. Hmm. I don't think that any higher is, you know, I, I just, I can't see him making 7 million that he's making right now. There's absolutely no way. Um, especially with with, with what this Boston Bruins organization needs to do to address needs if they don't win the Cup this season. You still need to address the defense. You still need a right wing and sniper. You have the available funds to do that. So, you know, why not take it in and, and, and take care of it? So, if you well, want to address, if you want to address the uh, the Stanley Cup need, if you don't get it this year, next year is the way to do it. And why not go into it with some goals some goaltenders that are experienced and you have trust with? All right. Well, now Jake DeBrusque is going to be the right wing sniper. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, no, but that tells me a couple things. Well, one, I absolutely think resign them. Like I think again, like I said, we have the best or one of the best, most put together tandems that you really, truly, everyone says 1A, 1B, but not everybody actually has 1A, 1B. Like we have 1A, 1B. You should exploit that. It also shows me, tells me that they don't necessarily think Vladar and them, maybe for those purposes, they're missing out on like a real um, AHL season. And like, it's not just about how many times you play a point. It's just seeing different opponents, other people who are also trying to make their way up into the NHL. Uh, that they don't necessarily think that they are ready or one of them to be Tuka's backup. Because before the argument would be, oh, you probably won't re-sign Yarrow or you'll take Yarrow and let Tuka, who knows what will go on with Tuka. But now that Tuka's here to be here, but I agree with you, just like you say with David Krejci, you still have major fucking value for this team guy. But I don't think Krejci would expect to get more than three or four. At the same time, David Krejci can get three or four anywhere. And I do think you can do three or four with David Krejci. Right. Also with Tuka Rass, same thing. If you're willing to take three to four, you know, three, five for the next two years, round out your career here, potentially get the other cup. This goes back to my narrative with Bergeron going and, Mar- you know, like Marshy's still here, but Bergeron and Krejci maybe going out together. You know, even if you extended the goaltenders one year, that's going to give you another year to let 
uh, Swayman and Vladar really have, like you said, another true competitive next step hockey before you bump up. Because you also don't want to, where we are kind of a defense in transition and stuff, create a situation where we're also in transition in the net because that's when it gets real sloppy. And that's when we really could look like a full-blown rebuild if that doesn't happen the way that you might imagine it. Again, I'm not blaming people or saying that would happen. I mean, maybe Lodar could come up and be just as effective as Yarrow Halak. I just have a hard time thinking that maybe investing another five to six million dollars collectively with the goaltending would not be a bad idea. Okay, so this is the first inaugural studs and duds uh, segment of the podcast. Mark and I are going to start picking instead of doing like star of the week or whatever, we're going to do our stud of the week and our dud of the week in the Bruins action from the previous week that we have recapped and we will use this to recap. So I don't know. Do you want to go first? No, you go first. I'm getting the uh, Patreon uh, wheel going right now, so we're ready for that later. I will go first. Mark Arred, the first stud that I will hand out of the week. You're going to love this. You're not going to need Blue Chew, buddy. I'm going to give it to your boy, Trent Frederick. There was one bad turnover I'd like to take back from him this week, but overall scored a couple goals, couple fights, showing his worth and uh, consistent. You know, he's been consistent. So my first stud of the week. Not the first stud I thought I would pass out if you asked me this 12 weeks ago or whatever, four weeks ago, eight weeks ago, 12 years ago. But Trent Frederick is getting my first stud star of the week. He gets my first Bluetooth thumbs up. Nice. How's Who's your dud? My dud, I wanted to say the power play was my dud this week. Oh. We're 0 for 7. We have not looked good on the – and I'm trying to consider injuries and all of that, but overall – that's been, but I'm going to have to give it to my boy, Chris Wagner. I don't know what's going on with Chris Wagner. He is having a rough week. He has not been like he's been playing like Chris Wagner, mostly the rest of the season. But the last Sunday to Sunday has got me a little concerned about him. And maybe he needs to sit down for a couple games or something. That's a, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, dud first. So I'm just going to dovetail what you what you have because you got a fourth line thing going on now, and I'm going to touch on. Um, I can't believe I just lost his name, Sean Corrali. Sean Corrali has not played well at all this year, in my opinion. He's, I mean, there's 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 certain times that he's made impacts, but he's there's also a lot more mistakes that are going on in his game, and this is not a good time for him. Uh, to audition for a new contract after this after this season. So, um, but I, I kind of think that he's going to be one of those cap casualties that we've seen in the past with Noel Achari and and, and Tim Schaller and so on. That the the Bruins organization just doesn't want to uh, put in a ton of money for fourth line players. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't see Sean uh, being retained here. But I also don't think that he's doing very much to audition uh, solidly for an extension. Um, my stud is definitely, uh, Trent Frederick. I just like the way that he's, he's, he's been showing everybody what he can do physically, um, and be that presence on the ice that the Bruins I think have, have needed. Um, I'm starting to like feed into this and I, you know, I, I can just hear all my haters going, I told you so, I told you so. But anyway, it's just a game that I thought we were transitioning away from as a league and I was adjusting appropriately, but obviously, 
we need this type of hockey back and 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 so on and it looks good so far and i like the commitment that he's making to his team to be that type of player what I'm also seeing from Trent Frederick is a lot of offensive capabilities that he's now being brought in with more trust and more time and so on. He's getting to be able to expose those, the shot. He does have a lethal, lethal shot. You can see it um, in his development at, at the uh, uh, United States national program up to Wisconsin, up to the Providence Bruins. And now we're seeing it at the NHL level. So I think that he's a work in progress, even though he's still, uh, you know, hopefully a, a, a whole season here and retained at the end of the year. But, you know, you, you're seeing a lot more of his game coming in. His attributes are really being fulfilled right now because he's getting more trust and more time on the ice. So that's my stud and the dud. Yeah, I was going to say his his ice time has gone up. I mean, not like significantly, but a couple minutes is a long time, you know, especially yep. for a player and the role that he's been playing. Um, I definitely, that's why I gave him the stud thing. It's not even about the fighting. I do get concerned about because he's young, he's got that kind of fire that can, like Lucic used to be, right? Like he would get in the right kind of confrontations and then sometimes he would just be, you know, cause he's the, that's, that's, he's a protector. He's a whatever, you know? So as long as he can keep that in check, you know, hopefully he can keep the forward motion. Like I said, just cause I, I'm not saying he's like a Venus masterpiece now, but you're seeing he, unlike some of the other kids who seem to be stagnant, he is seeing a little progression. You can see his progression. You can even see how he has taken notes and been changing within this season, you know? So I won't blame him, but I think this week he definitely overall uh, was the guy that should get that. So can you believe that? The first studs and duds, and we agree on the stud. That is serendipity. Right? How crazy is that? All right. So that being said, uh, as always, Mark likes to give us a little update down in the system. So here yes. comes Mark's micro updates. I am a big fan of the um, uh, developing uh, aspect of the Boston Bruins organization. And uh, the, the Providence Bruins have been playing uh, very, very well uh, in this uh, strange, you know, season. They played two games. This is 26 games. They're playing against two 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 other teams. You're going to see a lot of, of everybody. There's a lot of nastiness, but there's a lot of good things that are coming out of this. Some offensive capabilities from the forward and the defense has been has been really good. Um, but there were two games. There was one on March 2nd against the Hartford Wolfpack on the road at the XL Center. Um, Brady Lyle scored his third at the 527 mark, uh, assisted by Jack Ashan. Uh, and, and then... Samuel Asseline just took it from the second period right to the end of the game, scoring three goals. His first career American Hockey League hat trick. He scores two goals, two, three, and four uh, to uh, beat the Hartford Wolfpack by the score of four to two. Uh, Dan Vladai was in net, stopping 28 of 30. And uh, great game there. Uh, good afternoon, hockey. Uh, moving on to the next game. This was uh, on Thursday, March 4th, and uh, this was at the New England Sports Center. So it's the temporary home of the Providence Bruins. Uh, Oscar Steen gets two. 
Uh, in the first half of the game, he scores his second goal at the 108 mark of the first period, scores his third goal at the 13-12 mark of the second period. Robert Lantoshi gets his uh, third at the 15-56 mark, uh, giving the Providence Bruins a 3 to nothing lead. And then Carson Coleman, uh, he's been down in Providence lately playing uh, decent hockey, but he got off a really good shot for his fourth, uh, assisted by Robert Lantoshi. And uh, the Providence Bruins won on Thursday by the score of 4-1. to one. Jeremy Swayman was just unbelievable in this game. I thought I was going to get his first no-no. I was really, really pumped uh, for this. but uh, And so were the Providence Bruins because you could definitely see uh, in the first period, uh, Providence got outshot 12-10. Um, uh, and and then it was just basically the Jeremy Swayman show after that and the defense and, and uh, support from forwards because they limited limited them to five shots in the second and nine in the third. So it was a good support of hockey there, but it just couldn't get it done for the for the first career. No, no. Um, Paul Carey is leading the team with nine points. He has all assists in nine games. Samuel Asleen is uh, technically tied for the. Uh, highest goal uh, producer on the team. He's got four goals, four assists, eight points in, in nine games. Zach Sinishin has four goals, three assists, seven points in nine games. Oscar Steen has three point three goals, four points, four assists, seven points in nine games. I'm done with the top five. I can't even talk right now. So um, lots of good things coming out of Providence. Um, and like I said, it's just a, a very um, – unorthodox freaking season right now, but it's all about development. It's not about business, but what's going on down there is something good. Like I said, the defense and the goaltender are out, out, outstanding. Um, I will talk about the goaltending real quick. In four games played, Dan Vladar uh, has a 1.78 goals against average, and he's 2-2 two and two on the season with a, not, uh, a .934 save percentage. Jeremy Swayman has, has really, really taken the hold of American League hockey so far this year. And it's it's really pleasing to see, but it's not a shock from all the scouting reports or all, all the people that I've talked to uh, transitioning from NCAA hockey play at University of Maine into his first year of North American professional hockey. But he's got a 5-0-0 record, and he is a has a goals against average of 1.80 and a 935 save percentage. And he's just really, really doing well down there. So um, good things are happening and 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 continue with that thing. Let's keep these guys stewing down there, get him uh, as much crease time as possible. The more experience they get, the better they're going to be transitioning slowly into the NHL with these two um, uh, veterans that we have right now uh, departing soon. So, um, you know, the, the, the Providence Bruins and the and the Boston Bruins prospect rankings are probably going to be all over the board. M- many have them in the mid twenties and so on. But in, in what they're doing right now and the way that Mike Dunham and Bob Asenza are working with these goaltenders, especially, uh, has just been tremendous. So uh, good things are happening. Uh, and Kyle Kaiser's playing well down in uh, in Jacksonville with his stay down in the East Coast Hockey League. So that's uh, kind of my um, my update on everything that's going on. All right. Well, thank you very much. As always, very informative. Glad to thank hear uh, Swayman's making some strides there. That's pretty good. Right? Oh, you know, going. He looks so good. Unbelievable. He looks, remember, he got invited a couple of years ago. Remember, we were at like rookie camp or what? I'm sorry. First year player camp. <laughs> Just development camp. Yeah. Development camp. And uh, 
he got like a last minute invite to go. And we were like, well, damn, he's the one that actually standing out on the ice. So glad to see, you know, his uh, development is continuing. He looked awesome in Maine and, you know, continuing on down the uh, line. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. So speaking of that, we have upcoming action for the Bruins. Yes. Today we play the Devils at five o'clock. Uh, happy Hockey Day in the United States. It's Hockey in America Day. So that's part of that lineup on uh, MB. CSN, uh, and maybe even regular NBC. I don't know. I haven't got to look at regular TV today, but uh, the Devils suck. They do. They've had COVID issues. Uh, they've played 20 games. They're 7 11 and 2. They have 16 points. They're on a five game losing streak. They, their point percentage is 400. Um, yeah, away there, but they do play well away. I did want to bring that up. They're 5 2 and 1, and we play them in the garden. So, who knows? But uh, again, this goes back to what Mark always says, I guess, for me, uh, we have to be able to beat the New Jersey's of the world or we're never going to figure out the Islanders of the world. So any thoughts on the New Jersey game? Um, no, you just got to you got to come out and play. You 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 need to come out and play and don't play down to uh, to your your opponent that that this team has done uh, against this uh, New Jersey team um, on a couple of occasions this year. And uh, obviously we have to, um, I'm going to get rid of this banner because we're, we're almost done anyway. So uh, I, I got just got to throw this out there for good luck uh, today to the, uh, to the Boston Bruins. We just got to believe in Nesty. Hashtag believe in Nesty. Keep this going around. Share, share, share. It seems to be a good luck charm. I shared <laughs> it during our break myself. I, I shared it three times already. Actually, I had written it in my first like game day. Yeah, like retweeting the like game day thing from the Bruins. Believe in Nestor, but I did retweet it during the break from the Dump and Change Boys and said, repeat, I believe, hashtag believe in Nestor and the NHL Bruins. So I think it, I was getting a little worried. It's like when I have to take, not wear my Bruins socks on game day for a couple games, let them reset. Thought that's what we had to do with Nest, the Nesty going around but yeah share it it's fun it's a fun thing to do too and it seems to be working um tuesday we play the new york islanders who have been a little bit of a pain in our ass they are currently sitting at the top of the division they've played 24 games they've got 14 wins six losses and four ot losses where they got 32 points so they're currently three points ahead of us uh their point percentage is well not six 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 i wish it could be that because they seem to be the devils of like uh, the devils, but they travel on our, you know, bunk back. Uh, they we play on the island, and they are nine zero and two, or nine zero and two. I don't know. I said, oh, I hate when that happens. They're on a four game win streak, so basically, we uh, better bring some of that from Friday into this Islanders game. Uh, hopefully through the Jersey game, maybe take a breath, a little step back. But if it gets chippy too, there's been plenty of back and forth between these two teams when they have played. Uh, what are we on to? We had Blackwell the other day. Now we're back on to Blackwood, right? <laughs> Blackwell's on the Rangers. Blackwood's on Jersey. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I get, I just the something about the Islanders that this we just have a hard time with. Don't do very well against those two teams, but hopefully that changes today with a. A big win. Uh, looks like Tuka Rass is going to get the start. Hopefully his 300th win. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it. 
Yeah, because he didn't get to get it the other day in the shootout. He took the loss in that. And uh, again, to wrap up the week on Thursday and Saturday, we're going to play the New York Rangers at the TD Garden, not at Madison Square Garden. Maybe that will flip a little bit of the luck. Uh, 7 p.m. for Thursday, 1 p.m. for Saturday. So we've got another middle of the day. I'm just happy it's in the middle of the day on Saturday and not Sunday because the last two weeks the game happens after we've talked. So uh, that will be good. At least we can incorporate and wrap up next week's action all in one shot when we record uh the rangers 22 games they've played they're not doing so hot either they only have 23 points uh they are on a three-game winning streak though and they play decent away five three and one Uh, again it's just another team that we've seen a lot this year and um has been very kind of chippy when we've seen each other so that's going to be two tough games, if anything, just probably the physicality that we've seen, judging by the physicality we've seen. Uh, although we're up 3-1 winning the series, the Rangers certainly haven't laid down necessarily for any of the games either. We've gotten on the scoreboard, but they are struggling as their team, not so much probably what we've done to prevent them from getting on the board. So any thoughts on, again, the Rangers? So this will be games four and five versus the Rangers this year. Yeah, hopefully they just keep continue their their good luck against this team. They're three and one. Uh, keep trucking. I mean, they're they're pretty depleted with one of the best uh, goal scorers in uh, Antonio Panarin uh, still having the family, you know, secretive um, covert ops uh, that's going on with him and and his mother Russia. Um, but um, still, you got you still got to take care of business, no matter who's in the lineup and who's uh, there. Uh, so I expect another big game, and um, let's go. Um, I was going to say that the thing, just because you mentioned Panarin, the thing that drives me, it just, it, I can't wrap my head around. It's like this is the kind of conversation you feel like we would have been having about a Russian player when we were like ten. You know <laughs> what I mean? Not, not yeah. in two thousand. And I understand why that is, but it just is kind of blowing my mind as an older person. You know, old person that. Um, I, I just don't know about that. I was just going to take a peek to see if I could see uh, how we've been doing. Uh, so the Islanders have won all three games. I thought we might have got one on them. I just wanted to double check. So currently the Islanders are whooping our ass in the year series. So hopefully we can turn that around on Tuesday. Rangers, let's get it. I mean, I, I feel like this should be eight points. I don't know if that will happen or not. Uh Hopefully at least six out of eight because the island is, I don't know. I just, hopefully we can figure them out. I, I don't know what to do other than that to say about them. But yeah, any other thoughts on the upcoming games? Nope. No. None at all. I'm, I'm just excited to get to, this is going to be a busy month, man. So there's going to be a lot of Bruins hockey to talk about. So I'm just ready to get involved and watch this team basically every other day because there's no there's no uh, three or five day break with their their um, training can get stale and in between games and, they, and hopefully they come in fresh every you know to, into every um, uh, contest and not like uh, they have against New Jersey when they've had five days off and they just put up a huge stanker. So hopefully they're on, on top of their game and ready to go and fully conditioned. And uh, Jake DeBrusque is not eating Big Macs all the time and puts the puck in the net on a consistent basis. Maybe some of the other people better start eating Big Macs because some of the other people need there. But I obviously I, obviously people aren't eating at the right places because yeah, I don't I don't know what they're 
doing. But overall, much better week than the last week, I think, as for general play of what we've seen out of the team, whether they sure. won or lost. Much better effort this week. Um, I was thinking the same thing, too, about maybe it might be to their benefit because they have not fared very well when they've had a long stretch of like three or four days, whether that was with the COVID cancel or postponements uh, versus the Sabres the other day. Uh, and maybe maybe this week they took advantage of having the extra day, like, you know, from the week before not having to play and uh, are getting the thing. So I guess we, we've we talked a lot about the Bruins. So I guess we have... Uh, I believe so, unless you see anything else. I think we have one final topic that's kind of a general. I know Mark likes to keep it in the the Boston Bruins universe if we can, but um, the hockey world lost uh, whatever. The world's hockey dad, I guess. That's what everyone has been saying. Um, but Walter Gretzky passed away, uh, obviously Wayne Gretzky's father, if you can't figure that out. But again, uh, so we just wanted to make sure that we recognize um, – the lost, uh, obviously, to Wayne Gretzky himself and their family, but just kind of what he meant, he has meant over the last decade upon decade to the general hockey world. So rest in peace. Uh, love to the family and all of that. I mean, they if the family's going to get support from those around them, they're definitely it. But um, Mr. Gretzky, any words on Mr. Gretzky? Yeah, it's just um, the ultimate hockey dad. I mean, this is a tough story. I believe it was 82. Yeah, so he was 82 yeah. years old, and, um, you know, it. I don't know. It's just I saw Wayne's um, – he talked at his dad's funeral at the church. They had it mic'd up and so on, and believe it or not, he was somewhat calm, but you could see that he was upset because you, you knew how much his father meant to him throughout his life and all the accolades that he – he gathered along the way of a, just a very successful career, point production on and, and the class act on and off the ice. Uh, but that all that comes from, you know, the the uh, the hard work and dedication of a father. And and so, you know, that's uh, it's it's sad. And I'm, I'm you know, my thoughts go out to the Gretzky family, uh, friends and family of Walter and so on. And, and hopefully the person that did him wrong in all those memorabilia uh, thefts um, rots in hell and dies a slow death. Sorry to yeah. say, but that's kind of shitty what that guy did. Yep, absolutely. You wrap that up. I'm not against that comment. Uh, but yeah, the, the hockey world is mourning. I mean, it, it, people say that, but like this is a guy who truly from the greatest to the smallest has impacted. I saw a great story. Um, again, I, I didn't meet Walter Gretzky, but I saw a great story of someone had said about how they had a long time ago, they worked at a country club and there was like a big event, you know, everyone's there. And Oh my God, I heard that. There's 31 thoughts. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky. I, I read it was like someone's like they had tweeted thing and they, you know, that how he stayed for a half an hour and helped them clean up and then still left them a giant tip. Like that's the kind like you're literally helping the help who is getting paid to do this to, uh, you know, lift the burden and be there and just how no one has said anything but how awesome and nice and giving and kind he was as a man, as a father, as whatever. So, um, yeah, that's the loss. I, I thought we should put it at the end. Cause we always have this, we always do our sad stuff at the beginning, you know, and get the serious stuff out of the way. But this is, um, I think a good way to kind of wrap up before we start BNGs and the rest of that. And just rest in peace, sir. If, not if you can hear this if not just know our energy is out there and you know even though you're gone you'll still be looking down on your son and 
Canadian hockey and all the young kids and just the hockey world and making, giving your best to keep the energy good where you left it, you know? So well said. All right. So now we are on to hashtag B and G's. Now, do you want me to read that one that we didn't slide first or do you want to do the slide ones and go back? Oh, you already put it in. Great. Okay. So let's get into hashtag hashtag ask B and G as always. Please send us your questions, hashtag AskBNGs, using the hashtag. Okay, that being said, John O. put in, said, listen to another good one. This was after last week when he listened. Good work, Heather and Mark. Hashtag AskBNG. If this team gets healthy, will it play more consistently? I'm just wondering. You know what I'm saying or whatever. So thank you, John O. What do you think, Mark? I... Yeah, I mean, consistency is is a driving tool to success, you know, and if you can get it and you can get it by committee and you don't have to like go out and address it at the um, trade deadline, which is uh, supposed to happen next month. I think I think you're going to see some good things. I think that they these this team works for each other. They've you know, they're very supportive um, and the culture is just uh, amazing. So I believe that that's uh, that's true and hopefully it works out. Thank you for your question. I, yeah, thank you. I definitely think that the part of the consistency problem is exactly that, that we've had a lot of upheaval in the lineup. And it, so especially on some big key pieces or what you were hoping to be key pieces. So I, I definitely think we'll play more consistent um, than we have. I mean, we've had a lot of line movements. We've had the D circling here, there, and everywhere at this point. It's been a long month, I think, right. on the combos on this team and it could be worse. We're in third now, but we're at least still in striking distance. I mean, there were times where I was a little worried, especially with the teams that we've played during this stretch, you know, uh, again, not anything against, but like D we're already worried, like, you know, how we're holding up back there, things like that. But um, overall we've held up, but I definitely think it's going to be better with Krejci back in the lineup with Grizzly back in the lineup. Dare I even say if the Kevin Millers of the world get back in the lineup, because that's part of why they're there, right? They're the veterans. They're the leaders. They're the people that help these kids grow. All right. that Thank you, John. What do we got next, Mark? You want to do this one since you said Kevin Miller? Okay. So, Miss Maria of Watertown, one of our favorite people, asks, will we see Kevin Miller back on the ice this season and who gets slotted in Carlo's spot? I'm assuming he'll miss some time after the dirty hit from Wilson. Yes, we all kind of saw that coming except for Brandon Carlo because Tom Wilson is a jerk. Thank you, Miss Maria. Um, I, I'm not sure what to do with the Brandon. Yeah. I would feel a little better if Kevin Miller was our, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. This sounds so weird coming out of my mouth, but I would almost feel better if Miller was already in the lineup with, with Carlo going out. Yeah. I can't think of who can replace Brandon Carlo where he's at, you know, like he's, he's taken up that spot for four or five, you know what I mean? Like years now like that, he's the second pairing. Right. You know, and I, that's a hard one. I think we will see Miller again, but I just think he's hurt. I don't think he's so hurt. He's not coming back, but he's hurt enough that they're worried about pushing him back too soon and losing him. That's just my opinion. But honestly, Maria, like my best answer is 
Tyler Tenorti at this, like at this point, I don't know what to do, especially with Brandon out. It's like, I can't wrap my head around it. We were so worried about the left side. How did this happen to the right side? So thanks Maria. Mark. Yeah, it's uh that's a tough one. Uh, you're probably going to see John Moore get um, more games. Um, who knows about that? Um, but um the Miller thing, uh, hearing that he's going to be he's, he's scheduled to start skating on his own without a team pra- full team practice uh, this this week, which is next week, whatever. So we'll see where we go from there. Uh, the common word with uh, Kevin Miller is load management with the knee that he shattered basically twice. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, losing Brandon Carlo is not a very <laughs> it's 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 a tough one to think about because. Those are some big shoes to fill, and I'm not sure if, if anything, anybody is ready for that role right now uh, out of Providence or um, the taxi squad. I mean, you do have Stephen Camper who can fill in, uh, you know, is a suitable, serviceable uh, asset to have around. So, I mean, you, there are some pl- plug-in plays, but there's, there's nothing right now that I am consistent on gaining consistency with uh, a team because – they don't just don't play enough time. They just don't have enough time in, involved. So it's a, it's going to be a tricky one. We'll see what happens. But um, appreciate the uh, the uh, Aspie and G as always, Maria. We love you. Yeah, it's like the only thing I can wrap my head around is maybe more in camper split that second line because of their vet because they're not you don't want them in their long spans of time but jen as yeah. much as everyone hates on john moore he's not quite as horrible as everyone's making him out to be he's just not as good as anybody wants him to be so in short bursts that might until we see maybe a week out what's going on with carlo because you know that's going to be seven to ten days just for a concussion you know even at a mild end all right so boston monster says if you had to choose based on performances, who would you want to see moved up from Providence and who would be sent down in their place? Ooh, Mark, you're go- you would be much better uh, at answering this than me. Um, uh, Zach Senishin for me uh, to get up in the Bruins lineup because he's been playing really well down in Providence. His numbers are good. He's been playing well. He's got a smile on his face. He did not take this demotion um, uh, to heart. I mean, he's a constant worker, constant grinder, and uh, I believe that he deserves it. Um, and if you could, Sean Corrales. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say Sean Corrales because um, uh, he's just not playing well, in my opinion, and it sucks because I had, I had high hopes for him as when he came into the organization. He played really well, and he was doing those right things. But lately, uh, especially last season and this season, you can see a downward trend. So. Uh, might be time to say goodbye to Mr. Sean. I, I agree with you about Corrali. Like I, when we resigned, him, like I understood and he was doing all the things that, I mean, Sean Corrali drove the back end a, for a long time. He was yep. doing the things that Charlie Coyle does. That was Corrali. And then last year he kind of got lost and I don't feel like he's, he's come back from wherever it went. So like, where we're saying how Chris Wagner has been playing poorly of recent, you wouldn't really say that generally about Chris Wagner's game. He's pretty much done what Chris Wagner is supposed to do consistently. Corrali, though, you're right. Like he's um kind of like you said with McKegg. It's like I, I forget Corrali's even out there sometimes, and it's that makes me sad, like a little sad. Um, that being said, I guess I would go with Senator too because I do like that kid. I think that he's 
whether it's here or somewhere else, like we'll eventually see him in an NHL lineup, you know, I know. Um, and also, I mean, if we're going to kick around who should stay or go, you, you know how I feel like you, you're going to have to play them all to figure it out. And then you're going to have to package some, keep some, whatever. And I think it would be unfair, especially with all the hate that that draft class has <laughs> something this morning. I was like, Can we shut oh, my God, shut Not the F up. Yeah. Not to misquote you, but it was basically like, shut the fuck up. It was six years ago. We've had so many. Nobody can make mistakes. In between there, too. You know, we just have been picking. The only reason we hammer that one is because that's the only draft we've had in six years where we had a good amount of picks. We had sweet spots to pick. And that's the only reason why. But so far, let's do the checklist. Not the worst team to draft in that same year okay so like (laughs) yes you can point at bars out this and that but in the end maybe things are going to work out and they are working out or if anything this is the year they're all starting to show or will not show us that it's worth the time and effort you know so that's just me but I do think but then it's hard because there's so many of the young kids that you think might be able to work out if you put them there you don't want to screw one to help the other but I'm as someone who's kind of looking at it from an independent view as a fan and just like, I'm not so attached to these prospects, you know, like some people are irrationally like we, no one wants to give up their favorite player, but like you always say, it's about the betterment of the whole team, right? Like I took the heartache Tories in St. Louis. Great. But that doesn't mean great. So let's get some of these kids then if that's what it's going to do, or we're going to get a tornado of the world or whoever, you know, like you still got to make your moves. And we also can't be so, jammed that we refuse to make moves too and that's what we do sometimes too so we either like pull the trigger on something crazy and we have the worst luck ever like the nash trades and things of the world where it doesn't work out uh or we have to listen to the fan base bitch you're really going to be mad about a draft class you're not going to be mad at the player who's 15 years into their career i mean don't be mad at them for anything i mean why should be mad but i don't know that's just me senishin all right i think that's it um for the hashtag ask BNGs. Do you have a this weekend Bruins history? I have a couple. I have this one, uh, which was uh, on tomorrow, uh, March 8th, 1983. Defenseman Ray Bork had the only three goal game of his career in an 11 to 5 win over the Quebec Nordiques. And the other one, I love a good old Ray Bork uh, story. But the uh, you know is it's another one is a Cam Neely story which is another one of my favorites from back in the day, and this is from the awesome Mike Comito. He says that on this day in 1994, the year I graduated high school, holy crap, Cam Neely scored his 50th goal of the season in just his 44th game that year, and that was the injury riddle season where he was like basically playing two games and taking two games off um, to recover from an injury that that. Dumbass, uh, Oh, Samuelson caused, I believe. So, um, yeah. So good on cam for this day in history. And that's it for that. Sorry. I was looking at the old Molson ad on the boards. <laughs> yeah. Right. No shit. Like Molson. Yeah. Remember Molson ice. I love that shit for a little bit. Just kidding. I do. I really do love Molson Canadian beer though. Like, you know me, I'm not like a giant beer drinker, but when I like a beer, I will drink that beer, like a lot of it. And that's one of those ones, but not really a girl that should be sucking down Molson Canadians. They're a little heavy from my body that I don't drink a lot in. Um, so, all right. Well, I guess before I flip it to you to finish up with your mentions and whatever, Patreon and what else we have to do. See, I didn't say whatever else we have to do. I said, thanks. So, 
I just want to remind you, I am Inga the Big at Inga the Big Mouth. Mark is at Black and Gold 277. Please visit blackandgoldhockey.com for all your Bruins needs. We've got podcasts, we've got articles, we've got YouTubes, we've got everything. Follow everyone, follow us, follow all the shows, follow all the awesomeness. Always there to have your back. Every day there's something new. Um, Mark will be now in this beautiful new thing that we're doing probably even later. I last week, not only did we record the show, Mark had everything edited and uploaded because his life is so much easier with the stream yard. So it's getting there. It's getting a lot easier now. Um, so I'm just like, it's kind of cool because I'm editing, uh, the audio and then I'll listen to it to a point where I need to edit. And then I'll go to the video on the laptop and I'll listen to the video until that point edit that so it's kind of i'm doing i'm troubleshooting trying to save some time so this is a it's a good program we're still learning we're trying to get better thank you for uh, your patience but i think this is a, a the next step for us that we needed to take and i i like the way the format is so far so um and it's still a lot of fun to get with together with my friend and you know talk boston Bruins hockey and and you know rib into each other once in a while because we are like family that being said because it's like listening to a brother and sister, usually usually we're on the same page. We don't really fight a lot. When we sound like we're fighting half the time, we're really agreeing, but we think the other person's not hearing <laughs> us. Um, but please go rate and review. Um, I definitely, I hope all of you notice, but I know when I like listen to a few minutes just to hear what the sound sounds like all together on this new thing, I think that, I mean, the audio quality alone is worth giving a try. Please share with your friends and family. Rate and review. I'm an egomaniac. I like when people say good or bad things about me. As long as people are talking about me, all press is good press or bad press or whatever. Wrap it all up. But um, also, I mean, although he never invites me to go on the stream yards on Tuesday, you can find Mark and the Dump and Change yeah, Boys. You're always welcome to come on the the uh, the live stream. You just got to let me know when you're not working and your schedules are working out to uh, plan accordingly. So nice, nice try to throw that one at me. <laughs> you don't, you don't want me to cr crush your man party drinking games. No, I'm not saying that. You, you just have to be prepared for the boost and the and the Jared and and myself. I think you um, can handle how it. How long have we been friends? You think I can't time. hang out with some drunk dudes talking about sports and <laughs> other things? Just saying. All right. So let's talk about our Patreon. We do have a Patreon campaign going on, and this is, uh, uh, you know, we take a dollar per episode. And what we do is we take half of that and roll it into prizes every week and, and sign jerseys every month. So we've been doing really good with this. We have an inventory of, of these hand-signed jerseys. This is uh, Terry O'Reilly. This is going to be given away this March. Good Irish boy, good Irish month, and, and just a dollar. So please go to this link if you could and donate just $1 per episode to our campaign. We would certainly appreciate it. Get involved. We'll send you a jersey if you win. We'll send you a Bruins Delight related item every week if you win. And it's pretty cool stuff. So, But right now I'm going to call because I'm, I'm uh, always uh, 11th hour uh, Neil. <laughs> but uh, here we go. We're going to pick a winner right now for this week. So... We have the it's slowing down, slowing down, slowing down. It's Trent Barry. Trent Barry is an awesome, awesome listener. He's from the UK and he has declined to take anything because the shipping would 
uh, cost too much. We love our boy Trent Barry down in Australia. So give it another spin. Oh, if he lands on Trent, I'm going to kill him. No, I'm just kidding. Thanks, Trent, for supporting us. It is Kara. I can't even say the last name. It's it sounds. But anyway, I know it, I know who it is. I'm going to write it down right now. But congratulations, Kara. Uh, you Thank are you, Kara. a winner. Uh, so that is it. So we'll wrap it up now. Thank you very much for um, for you know checking it out. Come into the Streamyard on um, on Tuesdays. Hang out with me, my boys uh, from the Dump and Change Hockey Podcast. That's Nick and Jared. We talk all, mostly um, on Tuesdays. Sometimes we take a week off to uh, gather some thoughts and uh, take a break. But uh, this Tuesday we'll be back on. It's a live stream. You can find us on uh, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. Uh, so we, we do that. It's just a good time to get together with some friends, talk about the Boston Bruins and what they did the, the week pre, uh, prior, and uh, have a couple of drinks with some buds. So um, grab a cold one, join the stream, stay involved in the live chat. We certainly appreciate that with as much questions as we want, because if we don't get questions, we just bab about stuff that happens on our regular lives, and you don't want to hear that. Well, yeah, I was, I checked in one day sometimes, you know, depending on what I'm doing, like if I'm at work, I'll like throw it on if it's a lull and have, and what was it? It was like a word you guys were arguing about the theatrically or something oh, yes. like that. Yes, Is that yes. a real word? Yeah, Jared, I'm like, it's a real word. <laughs> Jerry was all over that one. Yeah. It was like funny things. So yes, send the boys questions, keep them focused on. Yes. All right, we got to gotta get going because this is. This is going way past uh, recording time. It's not bedtime yet, but it's recording time because I got to edit this and also get ready for a five o'clock puck drop uh, for the Boston Bruins and New Jersey Devils game. So anyway, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for the financial contributions from the Patreon members. Thanks to our friends and family for uh, always having our backs. Thank you, Heather Ingerson. Follow her at Inga the Big Mouth. Follow me at Black and Gold 277. Follow the pod at Black and Gold Pod. Follow the our productions at Black and Gold Productions. Uh, we're all on Twitter. We're everywhere. So anyway, please be safe. Um, go Bruins. We we yeah. need this. This is gonna be a uh, this is a big month. It's a lot of games this month. We need to grind it out, get it done, get ahead, and uh, get that comfort zone in this new division that we can be. So we can go into the playoffs and just truck everybody. Hopefully to a Stanley Cup. But anyway, I'm Mark Arred. That's Heather Ingerson. We'll check you out. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.